0: battleground. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. One of the things you have to remember about this is that Jesus had mentioned this vaguely, but not in these terms. He started talking plainly to them. I'm going to go, I'm going to suffer at the hands of the leaders, and they're going to kill me. In three days, I'm going to be raised to life. Now, right before this, it says from this time on. Before this had happened, Jesus had asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter says... You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus recognizes that it wasn't just flesh, that fleshly knowledge that had given Peter that insight. It was the spirit. And so he looks at Peter and he says, on this rock, I will build my church. So that's the context of rolling into this. On this rock, I will build my church. That's what he tells Peter. Watch this, verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, what you have to understand about this is, this is not supposed to happen this way. In this culture, the one who was being taught did not have the right or the leeway to rebuke the teacher. So, so in the culture of rabbis and t- and, and and students, it was out of out of the cultural context for Peter to pull Jesus aside and say, "Hey, listen." You can't talk like that. That's a no-no. So remember, we're taking it in the context that Jesus had just infused a big, 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 big infusion of war for Peter. He just said, I'm going to, yeah, man. Now watch what happens. Peter pulls him aside and begins to rebuke him. This is Jesus' response. Jesus turned and said to Peter, yeah, you're right. I was talking silly. No, what does he say? He turns to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Can I warn you about some before we even get into the sermon? Pride comes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Be careful if you think you stand, lest you fall. Here's Peter he's being called a rock one day that the church will be built on and then, and then he starts rebuking Jesus for what Jesus was sent to do and Jesus said, now the rock that we're going to build on is now becoming the stumbling block. You're one prideful moment away from using what God entrusted you with to tripping other people up. And pride is a disease that impacts our culture. It's got no place in the kingdom. You go from getting it right, yeah, you're the Christ, the Son of the Living God, to no, 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 we're gonna do this my way. You told me I was gonna be in charge. Be careful. Man, that's that's the thing that can plague us the most. God can bless us with talent, bless us with a future, bless us with a destiny, and then we take that very thing and we turn it on the will of God. And Jesus has to come back and say, Hey, listen, you're acting like Satan right now, you little devil. Your parents were wrong when they called you that. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He was telling Peter, you got to win the battleground here. You do not have in mind the things of God, but but the merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must... Everybody say this word together. Ready? Must... Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We pray that it penetrates our stubbornness this morning. pray that it penetrates our pridefulness. We pray that it penetrates the sin in our life today. Transform us by Your Word, Lord. Let us grab onto the Spirit and rebuke the flesh this morning let us chalk a victory up for heaven in a defeat for Satan today because we renewed our minds. Help us to win today, Lord, the battleground. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everyone say amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, I want what I want when I want it. Right, tell them that. Tell them convincingly. If you're looking at your spouse, they may already know that. I want what I want when I want it. You know, we are not a society of delayed gratification. We don't even know what it means. You can uh, you can have a little thing in your in your. I mean, you could put them anywhere. There's little listening devices. Put them in your house, and I got to be careful what I say because we got one back here. Uh, our our uh, pastor Adam has one in his office, and if you say the word. To wake it up, it'll give you whatever you want. And you thought that little genie thing that you, uh, that you read about was going to, you know, like, oh, that'll never happen. It's happening, people. You don't even have to rub it. All you have to do is say the name of it. It wakes up and you say, order me whatever you want because Amazon sells everything. Order me Breakfast. Instant gratification. We can get whatever we want, whenever we want it. And our society is paying the penalties for that. Our society here in this town, in this county, is paying the penalty for people getting whatever they want, whenever they want. I want to feel good right now, no matter what. I want, I want, I want my life to change right now, no matter what. And we see the impact it has. On families and kids and and just our culture in general, we're a society of right now, and tomorrow is too late. I remember um, what was the cartoon years ago, I would gladly pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. Tuesday, huh Tuesday for a hamburger today. Well, man, that's like a long-term loan. that's a couple days away. Peter and Jesus have this interaction. Jesus, um, before we got to the scripture, I told you Jesus had asked the disciples who, who people were saying he was. And Peter comes to the revelation that you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, man, flesh and blood did not did not tell you that, man. That came straight from the spirit. On this rock, I'm going to build my church. It's kind of the paraphrase of how it works. There's debate whether he meant that statement, I'm gonna build my church, or it was actually Peter or or what. But but in the moment, I doubt Peter was going to a to a um, concordance to figure out what Jesus was saying. You can imagine standing there and Jesus saying, On this rock I'll build my church. I can imagine Peter going, dude, I said, my name means rock. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. That's the Christ. I believe he's straight from God. And now I'm in. It's not just the teacher and the one being taught. Now he's saying it's going to be built like this. And he goes in not a very long time. Jumping all cultural boundaries that were placed between teacher and student. And jumping in front of Jesus basically and saying, no, it's not going to happen this way. I think there's a value issue in this conversation because Jesus valued going to the cross. Jesus saw the value of investment. the only way for eternal life is that Jesus had to invest himself in death and resurrection. there was no other way there's no other way to forgive sins but the, but the shedding of blood. You have no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. And so all the way through the Old Testament, it paints the picture with the sacrifices of what would ultimately have to happen. And here comes the one to carry it out for all mankind. So Jesus, beginning to speak plainly to the disciples, says, now I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. He's starting to wrap up his life. He's saying, this is what it's going to look like. I'm not going to put a veiled curtain over this anymore. I'm telling you plain out, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. It's got to happen. Because the value of what's going to happen after I die is far greater than what could happen if I live. But you see instantly that Peter didn't value things the way Jesus did. Jesus had an eternal sense. Of value. Peter had an immediate sense of value. And whenever you get an immediate sense of value conflicted with the eternal sense of value, you got a problem. So Peter looks at Jesus and says, No, it doesn't have to happen that way because I value you being here more. And Peter was raised with the idea that it would be a conquering Messiah that would come. Like, come on, we're so close. We just roll into Jerusalem. Just blah 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 blah. Get it done, they can't kill you. You don't have to die for this. So Peter places the value on one thing, the immediate, let's be in charge. Jesus puts all the value on, "I came to redeem all of mankind." So Jesus is playing the long game. Peter's playing instant gratification. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to do this. Yeah, but this is going to impact me now. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. I, I thought back when you told me on this rock you're going to build your church. I thought we it was like a tag team thing, man. I thought we were going to do it. Now you're talking about dying. Why would you do that? That's not going to help us. That's not going to help any of us out right now. Jesus said, "I'm playing the long game, man. You can't. The value is in the investment. The value is what." what I'm willing to give up today for, for what I can receive later. And so we're, we live in a culture where we don't understand that anymore. There's no, hey, wait for it. You could say, man, it's okay. We don't wait for anything. We want it when we want it. We want what we want when we want it. You know what it would be good to tell your teenager? To wait. It mm. would be good to tell your kids to wait for a lot of things. Wait before you start bossing your sister around. Because you might invest in a black eye. <laughs> wait before you get so deep into a relationship that you can't see straight. You're 13 years old. Wait. Just give it some time. Just wait a little bit. Wait. You don't have to feel good every day. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the idea that our, our biggest concern in life is feeling good every day? Think about it. You can have all kinds of things go right, but if you don't feel good about it, it seems like everything's wrong. So Peter's saying, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel, I don't want you to die. I want what I want when I want it, and I want it now. I don't want you to die. I want us to do this thing together. And Jesus says, you don't understand how any of this works, Peter. In order to get what I came to get, I've got to do, I've got to invest this now. So he starts he starts saying, listen, the way to get what you want is not to run after what you want, but deny yourself what you want. Oh, man, you're going to be quiet. It's all right. It's Labor Day. You'll get some rest tomorrow. <laughs> Peter didn't see the value. Where's the value in dying? Where's the value in investing? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get what you're trying to do here, Jesus. Why do you need to die? It's not the, it, the, the, what, the value is you being here. In a world of instant gratification, Jesus dying and rising again on the third day makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but you could heal people right now. Yeah, but if I die and resurrect, I heal everybody. If I die and resurrect, I save everyone. Whosoever comes, whosoever believes, will inherit eternal life. If I die and resurrect, see Peter, you don't understand because you want it now. You want what you want when you want it. And so you want me to stay here, you want me to be with you, you want all these things. But I'm telling you, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, you ain't going to get anything. You're not going to get the very thing. You don't even know what you want, really. I know what you need. And and if I die and resurrect, everybody gets a shot at it. You see, we want we want God to do the things in our lives that improve us, right? When's the last time you you looked at God and said, God, I'm gonna invest my life into this, and I want you to bless everybody. See, if we're gonna become more like Christ, Christ said, I'll I'll give up my very life so that everybody can inherit eternal life. We go, hey, you know what? I mean, I'm going to church on Sunday. What else do you want? I think that's a pretty big, that's like an hour and 20 minutes, God. I mean, like, woo. You got that weirdo up there preaching every Sunday. It's a struggle. It's real. (laughs) Instant gratification. Jesus actually looks at him and says, you don't have your mind on the things of God you got your mind on what you want, what you want, when you want it, and you want it now. I get it, but you're not thinking like God. So I can't can't include you in on this, so I'm going to call you who you're talking like. Every time you demand something now. I didn't even tell the first service this, but I'm going to give you some free stuff. Listen to this. Listen to this. Satan, Lucifer got kicked out of heaven for this very reason. The Bible says that he will exalt the humble. But Lucifer stands up and says, I'm, I'm doing this, man. I need some recognition. I need, you to, I need you to show me some love now. God said, I'm not sharing that with you. I'm not sharing that with you. You just do what you were created to do. Can you imagine if we just did what we were created to do? Keep our mouth shut and do what we were put on the earth to do. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Perfect every time. And Lucifer went, I can't do that anymore. I need some spotlight right now. I want what I want when I want it. And God said, okay, you can have the spotlight. Get out. Get out. Every time we raise up against that with God, I want it now. We're putting ourselves at odds with what God's va- God values. He values investing He values us denying ourselves, investing. Instant gratitude is not not in God's vocabulary. I know it's not because he saved me. Some of you will get that next week. If God was worried about instant gratitude, he'd have picked different people to save. Because he poured his life out for us, he died on the cross for us, rose again, and then we accepted his, his good gift to us, and then we just did whatever we want with it. Oh, he'll forgive me. So God can't be a God of instant gratitude because he's still letting me be saved. Right. Oh, grace has got my back. Grace has got my back. I could do it again. Grace has got my back. I can do it again. grace has got my back. I'm like, God, you're patient, man. You never get what you want. It seems like you're always waiting on me. Instant gratification. Peter says, no, 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 I want this now. I want you to stay. I want you to stay. And God says, it's not going to work out like that, Peter. And then he calls him Satan because God has heard this talk. Jesus had heard this talk before. He, if anyone know, knew what Satan sounded like, Jesus did. The problem is some of us don't. Come on, you guys got to help me out. I feel like I'm up here all by myself. The problem is some of us don't know what he sounds like. Jesus said, I've heard talk like this before. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. What did he just say? You're hungry, man. You want what you want when you want it. And you want it now. Why be hungry? That's what, you, that's what some of you ask yourself every time we do the Daniel fast. I mean, what's the point? I don't get it. I'm just hungry. I, I don't get it. I'm just not eating what I want to eat. I always eat what I want to eat. I'm so glad at the end of a 40-day fast, Jesus was hungry. I'm glad it didn't say, ah, he's fine. Because the Bible says he was tempted in every way, just like us. And yet, he never sinned. So he got to the end of a 40-day fast and was just as hungry as you would be. Now, you, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I skip lunch? If I skip lunch, I'm like, Lord, calm, calm this mouth right here because I ain't ate lunch. This ain't going to be pretty. This ain't going to be pretty. I've been hangry since like 10 a.m. I'm going to cancel a counseling session because somebody's going to come in this afternoon want to talk about a marriage and I'm going to be like, look, you, you guys are idiots. I haven't eaten lunch. Just, both of you are dumb, man. I don't understand what's going on. Like, do you guys even eat? I'm glad Jesus was hungry. And I'm glad he didn't turn rocks into bread just because he could. Satan came to him and said, "Hey, you're hungry now. Go ahead and get some bread." Jesus said, "Don't tempt me with that. Don't tempt me with that. There's value in this. Because if I turn rocks into bread, then I can't show people the value in it. I can't show people how to resist you. I can't I can't show people I can't show people that the spirit is stronger than the flesh. If I just bow to what I want every time I want it, I can't be the example that I need to be. And so I'm not going to listen to you. And and all, and all and the, and then Peter comes along later and says, don't do that. Don't do the will of God. Don't do it like that. And he said, man, I heard that before. Talking just like the guy I denied back then. Get behind me, Satan. I'm not doing this. I won't turn rocks into bread then. And I'm not going to deny going to the cross now. It's not going to happen. This is what he sent me to do. Satan tried a couple more times here. The Son of God tell these stones to become bread. Jesus' answer is written: Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. How can the Son of God tell us to feast on the Word of God if He couldn't? How can He tell us, wait, deny yourself, and God will sustain you if He turns rocks into bread? No, he says, I don't need bread right now. He told the disciples when he when he when he went off track and went to Samaria and he went to the woman at the well, and, and the disciples said, Hey man, you're hungry? He said, I got food you don't know about. And they're like, What just Snicker bar in your back pocket? Like, how did that happen? What, what are you talking about? We saw you get dressed this morning. You ain't got no food on you. No. All the way back when Satan tried to tempt me, I tried to tell you guys that this is not the way I live. And yet we pile in church after church after church with people, and myself included, who are so consumed about getting what we want right now. Jesus says, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I can deny myself every time. If it means i got to walk off the trail, if it means i got to go somewhere else, if it means i got to not eat, if it means you guys go to lunch and leave me here talking to this lady... I'm good with it. I know how to deny myself and do the will of God. Peter's actually playing the role of Satan here unwittingly, trying to tempt Jesus again. The rock that the church is going to be built on becomes a stumbling block in one moment of pride. I want what I want, I know how to get it, I don't need to deny myself. Satan is continually trying to convince you that it isn't worth it. That you can be happier with a shortcut. You can be happier with someone else. You can be happier with a different set of friends. You can be happier with a different job. You can be happier. You can be happier. You can be happier. And we spend our whole lives running this rat race of trying to be happy when gaining your life means denying what you want in the moment. If you lose your life, you will find it. I'm gonna keep preaching, I don't care if you agree or not. <laughs> so then the issue becomes what you're willing to put in the ground. Because I think everybody has has this issue. So Jesus says, I see the value in death. Peter says, I see no value in death. Peter says, I see the value in what, what I want, right? Jesus says, I see the value in the investment and in the return. I see the value far off. So what happens is, is we, we tend to only see the value in what we can get in the moment. I, I uh, let, you, I let the first service into a little window into my clothing activities. Beth and I, I have started a little, um, a little ritual where we go to a store every Saturday night and I get a shirt for Sunday. That way I don't have to wash them. <laughs> no, but I buy cheap. Uh, like, if you know me, I'm getting the clearance rack item. This shirt was $12. Uh, but it makes me feel good. Having a, I got a new shirt. It's so awesome. I got another shirt and I get to wear it on Sunday morning. Nobody's seen it. It's not the shirt I wore last week, which I've done before. <laughs> but if somebody told me, Chris, could you give up that feeling? Could you wear the same shirt four weeks in a row if I promised you something next month? Ooh. I'd be like, Y- yeah, but God, people are gonna see me in the same shirt every week. You know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna lie. <laughs> you know, people are downloading this podcast, Lord. If they get on two weeks in a row, see me in the same shirt. I mean, and by the way, God, it's not gonna be the same feeling. It's, it's gonna be, you know, that after you wash it a couple times, and it's just like it's just another shirt. God, it's just it's, it wouldn't feel really is the same way. I wouldn't get the same satisfaction if I waited to get it later. If I waited, it just wouldn't be. And so we get in these arguments with God as if we know what he can provide for us in the future. As if we know what what waiting and what investing now that we know it won't be worth it. When he says every time it'll be worth it. So here's, here's the way it plays out in marriage in your relationships and all these things we say the, un- the 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 uncomfortableness i'm feeling now has made it un not worth what i could get in the future i told i told somebody the other day uh we were talking about marriage and and i asked him how long they've been married and um and everybody seems to have to qualify their marriage like this. Well, I mean, it, you know, we've had some rough times. I say, you've been married that long without rough times? If you came in here and told me you've been married that long and you haven't had any rough times, I'd say you're a liar. Right. Just bold-faced liar. <laughs> Beth and I got scars all over us, so we try to stab each other like six, every six months. It's just like <laughs> in the kitchen, just whoa whoa. Just get it out. No, we don't. I've got all the scars. She has none. <laughs> There's a formula here that Jesus uses that you need to pick up on because this is where the battle comes in every time. What I'm experiencing now is not worth what I could have later. So I'm just going to change what I have now to get what I want now. Jesus says, if you put it in the ground and deny yourself, what you get later be worth it. Peter says, I don't know if I can eat that. I don't know if I can take that today. You're talking, about, you're talking about dying, and then you're talking about something great happening after you die. I don't get how that works. Jesus comes back after he calls him Satan, and he says, If you want to follow me, you'll deny yourself, pick up your cross. He says, follow me right into the death. Follow me right into that. So, you know, I figured out after 22 years, a great, a great formula for marriage is quit demanding what you want. Okay. I'll say it a different way. A great formula for marriage is if you're not happy, just hold on, just hold on. Just hold on because I happened to get married way back when they still did vows the certain way, right? Come on. Some of you remember. Some of you remember those? I stood in front of my wife and some guy I don't remember. And, um, and uh, he said, Chris, do you take Beth to be your lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward? I was like, You bet, man. This is awesome. And then he said, For richer, for poor, sickness and in health. You know, and I started getting nervous. I was like, What? Wait a second. Like, how bad's it going to get? <laughs> like, why do we have to talk about all that? Like, I don't know how bad's it going to get. You're like, it's sickness, and it's sickness. Why do you say sickness first? You said rich or poor. You said rich first. Why did you say sickness first? For better, you said better. Or worse, what's worse mean? You know what the issue is? When you get in a relationship, you have no idea what worse is. You have no idea what sickness is. You have no idea what poor is. <laughs> and then you said, till death do us part. And the issue is, is I, I started figuring out that if you're married long enough, all those things happen. Yes. If you're in any relationship all, long enough, all those things happen. You realize that, right? If you're in any relationship long enough, you're going to make that person mad, and it's your fault. Just go ahead and admit it. They're going to make you mad, and it's their fault. And so, so what Jesus is saying is, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. So you want me to invest the same way you're investing? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You want me to invest... The same way you're investing. You're going to lay your life down and die and resurrect in three days. And you want me to follow you. You want me to pattern my life that way. So I want what I want now. I want to be happy today. And Jesus said, you better kill that thing. You better kill it. You better put that thing to death. You better put all your rights to death. That's what Jesus did. He said, not my will, but yours be done. I'll go to the cross. Peter, get behind me. Satan, you will not talk me out of surrendering to the will of God. So every time Satan gets on our shoulder, he says, the battle of the mind, he says, you should deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve better than this. You deserve happiness. You deserve peace. You deserve more money. You deserve joy. You deserve all these things. And so we talk our, we let Him talk us into not investing in what could produce an amazing future, and we just go for what makes us happy. Well, I deserve it. I deserve it. If there was anybody that ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus could have said that, and He didn't. He could have said, now listen, all y'all, I don't deserve any of this. I'm the perfect son of God. I don't deserve none of it. And yet I'm going to do this for y'all bratty little people that can't get yourself, can't get your act together. I'm going to go to the cross and die for you. I don't deserve none of this. You know what? He never said a word. He went to the cross quiet. He denied himself the ability to defend himself. Try that in your next argument. Try that in your next argument. Before you get into the next argument, go, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm going to deny myself, pick up my cross, and walk straight to the slaughter. Because the investment will be worth it. See, the the thing is, Beth, Beth and I have have this unique kind of situation where we get to see in the lives of families uh and see kids and all these things we get there's an intimate window into all these things because of the people because the families we deal with outside the church and it's just day after 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 day and um and here's what i could tell you The people that don't know how to deny themselves, it affects generation after generation after generation after generation because they bounce around from one thing to the next to the next. This is what I want now. This is what I want now. And people are fickle. And what makes them happy today won't make them happy tomorrow. And there's no investment. And so you, so kids are raised up in environments where they just, all they hear and all they know is get whatever you want when you want it. And they don't know how to deny anything. And it's impacting our culture in a way that we never expected. I just need to feel good today and I'll do anything to get that. See, the problem problem is, is if we don't feel good, we feel like God's forsaken us. (laughs) Man, that's some shallow theology. I've been listening to a song lately. It's a a new song by the um, Elevation Church band. And um, it says something like, um, you have never forsaken me, not for a minute, not even for a minute. Is that right? You've never forsaken me, not even for a minute. And and I would think I thought he's forsaken me for days. I, I thought that anybody else weeks, months. And then and then God gave me this image of planting a seed. Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies. Amen? So, I got this image of a seed going into the ground. Everybody does realize there's a period of time between when the seed goes in the ground and when it sprouts up that it looks like nothing's happening. So, we planted grass out here. Some guys got together, planted grass out On the uh, piles of topsoil out there To make sure the erosion doesn't happen And put straw down And they planted grass Well they planted grass And it didn't rain right away So now you're like Oh Is it going to come up? I don't know I don't know I don't know Put all that grass seed down I don't know if it's going to Is it going to come up? I don't know Oh man I hope it comes up I hope it does What if it doesn't? I don't know What if it doesn't? What if it What if it doesn't come up? I have to plant all that thing all over again Spread all the straw What if it doesn't come up We sit there and fret about it I'm going to go check on it again Guess what It came up Because when you plant it on the ground It comes up Right The Bible says that when you put a seed in the ground It comes up You don't know. You don't know why can't figure it out it actually has nothing to do with you. you you relinquish it you put it in the ground and God turns it into something he's the one that sets it all in motion it doesn't matter how long you stand over the same spot and look at it it's not going to make the grass come up any quicker unless you spit in the ground and wet it or something. like there's nothing you can do after you put it in the ground but when we put it in the ground is the anxiety part for us I'm treating him better but it's not working Was that an amen that, yeah, that's happening, or yeah, amen, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm treating him better, but it's not, I'm treating her better, but it's not working. I'm treating, I'm trying to teach the kids, but they don't seem to be sprouting spiritually. I'm trying to do this, God, but it doesn't, and he says, listen, just keep, keep putting it in the ground. Keep denying yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Don't get anxious about the in-between time, because I've never forsaken you even for a minute. So the process is I'm not getting what I want right now. I'm doing your will Lord but I'm not getting what I want. Trust me. When you get to the end you will. Trust me when the planting season, when the when when the anxiety of waiting for the grass to come up. Now now here's the crazy part. Some of you lawn people plant grass in the fall. You're crazy. You're absolutely nuts. you know why? There can be no expectation of the grass to come up until the next spring. And you know what everybody says? Oh, man, when it snows on it, that's really good. I'm like, no, it ain't. It's cold. It snows from the devil. It's not good. It causes all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're planting grass in the yard praying for difficulty. Waiting on it to come up. Yeah, we can plant grass in the fall, not expecting it to come up in this, a whole two seasons later. And yet we can't invest for a week into a marriage. We can't invest for six months into a difficult kid. We can't invest six months into a difficult boss. We can't invest. God says deny yourself, pick up your cross every now and then. Stop demanding what you want right now, that you be treated fairly, and that this isn't fair, and that I should deserve to be happy. And he says, pick up your cross every now and then and plant something in the ground. And watch what will come up if you invest in it. And my fear is, in our culture, that all we're investing in is immediate gratification. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to see me and my wife together really old. She needs to deny herself. (laughs) Pick up her cross. I'm trying to teach. Stand to your feet. The band's coming. We got to win the battle of the mind. And what I want you to start thinking about is if it hasn't turned yet, God has not forsaken you. If you said, "I'm Lord, I'm denying myself. I'm going to deny my right to defend myself. I'm going to deny my right to get in my way. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to pick up the cross. I'm putting my life in the soil of this marriage. I'm putting my life in the soil of these kids. I'm putting my life in the soil of this church and the soil of this business. I'm putting my life into it. Because if I lose my life, you told me I'll find it. I'll plant my life. Lord, give me the strength that when it doesn't sprout immediately, I don't panic. Give me the strength that when it doesn't sprout in the next six weeks, I don't panic. Give me the give me the ability that when it doesn't sprout, I can still believe that you haven't forsaken me even for a minute. Because you said if I'd plant it, you'd make it come up. You said, if I planted, it, you'd make it come up. And so Lord, I'm planning my life into it. They won't be able to run me out of here. I'm planted, And I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it's worth it. That every minute of it is worth it. Every difficulty is worth it. Every ounce of energy you pour into it is worth it. Every bit of it is worth it. That's why Paul could say these light and momentary sufferings aren't to be compared. It's just planting in the ground and waiting for it to come up. I can deny myself, wait for it to uh, deny myself, follow. I can deny myself. You know what makes me happy today? that I can do the will of God. You know what makes me happy tomorrow? That I can do the will of God. You know what makes me happy in six fronts from now? That I can do the will of God. I can do the will of the one who sent me. That's what makes me happy. That's where I get my joy. That's where I get my peace. That if I plan it, that He'll make it come up. That if I put it in, that He'll give the reward. That He'll give the return. That if I, then if I would put it in. I don't have to panic. I don't have to fret I don't have to worry. I'll put it in the ground, Lord. Winter may be coming, but I know it's not going to last the whole time. Spring's coming. I know it's going to come up sooner or later. Six, eight, ten weeks, I'm good. Two years, I'm good. Ten years, I'm still good, Lord. You'll make it come up. You'll make it come up. I'm still good. You've never forsaken me. I'm winning this battle every morning. You've never forsaken me. I know to everybody else around me, it doesn't look like I'm getting what I want, but I'm getting more than I want. I'm getting peace and I'm getting joy and I'm getting comfort and I'm getting peace that passes all understanding. I'm getting you, Lord, and that's the thing I value more than anything else. Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that we can be confident that if we deny ourselves and pick up our cross, if we plant it in the ground, Lord, that you'll make it come up. Lord, help us win that battle every morning Lord, every time Satan tries to convince us that there's a better way to be happy, that there's a a better person to be happy with, a better environment, Lord, that we can say, if I have to deny myself and pick up my cross, I'm going to follow him today. And that's where my joy will come from. Lord, instill us with your spirit to be able to rebuke Satan and to be able to live out the calling you put on our lives. We thank you for it. We honor you because of it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church. Give him honor and praise this morning. He's good. Hey, listen, encourage somebody on your way out. You've got an opportunity to be generous. We'll see you back here next week.